Now, I want to share the word this morning. Um, I, 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 I kind of want us to pray. Stand with me now. I want to just kind of break it up a bit, really, because I want us to come into something in the spirit, really, a bit now. You know, do you realize you have a spiritual engagement here this morning? So I just want you to open your hearts to the Lord. I want to encourage you from the word this morning. I want to uh, just talk about what God has done for us today. What this life is that we should be living as believers in Jesus. And so, Lord, we just welcome you here. Lord, we open our hearts to you, Lord. We've had a great time of worship today, Lord. Uh, Lord, it's just been amazing to be in your presence, Lord. To understand that freely you gave it all for us, Lord. And so, Lord, just as we're standing here today, Lord, all around this building... Lord, coming here, Lord, to join together because we are your people. Lord, would you just release your presence upon us now? Lord, let your spirit and your word bring life, Lord. Lord, let there be a stirring in our hearts. Lord, let there be, Lord, a, a, a Lord, a provoking of your kingdom in our lives. Lord, because we want you and all that you bring into our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We were just talking, uh, just as we were in the worship team coming out, that uh, Pete Grieg, who uh, leads kind of a prayer movement, is just saying that he's never, uh, he's just astonished really at how open Britain is becoming to, to the Lord. That actually there's more prayer going on in the church today than there has been for decades, which is amazing, isn't it? Well, I thought it was great. Um, uh, that actually people are responsive to the gospel today in a way that maybe 10 years ago they weren't. You know, there's actually an openness to the things of the, God, the Lord. And I, I just think it's such an important time for us as the church to be listening to what God wants to say and to be responding to what God wants to do in us and through us. Okay, we're in John chapter 10, verse 1. It says this, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep, enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by, an, by some other way as a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought all, all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Amen. <laughs> We're starting this little series called This is Life. You know, God has called us to live in abundant life, life to the full. It's amazing, Dave. Okay, you can be responsive today, okay? In fact, I'm going to have to start paying some of you. I can see it, Jimmy. God has come to give us life, life to the full. So I want us to say, you know, as the church of God, we want to be living life to the full. We don't want to be living life like it's uh, half empty, like that, that it's just, you know, and, and I know there are tr struggles and problems of life, but, you know, they shouldn't eclipse the life that God has put within us. They shouldn't eclipse what God has called us to enter into and to take hold of. Jesus came and he says there is life. Ephesians tells us we've been made alive in Christ. Alive. Alive. I'm kind of alive, but I need a bit of help. 
Bible says we've been made alive. We've been taken hold of something new. Corinthians reminds us that we are new creations in Christ. John tells us that Jesus came to bring everlasting life. But here's Jesus' words as he describes his mission. He says, I have come that they may have life. And then he just doesn't end it there. He says, and that they might have it till the full. That they might have it abundantly. That they might have it overflowing. That there might be something of the kingdom of God that brings out of you some more expectation and hope and desire for what God wants to do. God hasn't called you just to live a stingy, miserable existence. He's called you to step into something in faith and say, you know what, God, I'm taking hold of your purpose and promises for my life. And so every day when we struggle, see, here's the battle that's in our heads and in our spirits. Am I going to live what this world tells me, what the thief tells me? Am I going to live what he desires or am I going to live what God says? Am I going to step into something that's beyond this realm and am I going to take hold of what God has promised? Because I don't just want to live a life where I have to deal with all that other stuff. I have to deal with that. That's part of life. But I want to live a life where I come through that and live to the full. I want to live with expectation. I want to live with a sense of anticipation of what God wants to do. I want to see what God has. And Jesus contrasts, that's important, his offer of life with the false promises of those who are wanting to take something from us. Isn't it amazing how far people will go to get something out of you? Isn't it amazing how people will sell you something and they'll set it up and they'll do it all because they want something from you? Have you ever had one of those phone calls? Hello, I'm not selling anything. I just want to ask you for something. I just want to ask you. And they embroil you in a discussion. And, you know, I just kind of go to them now. Thank you very much. How are you? Bye. Because they're just trying to get something from me. Isn't it amazing? People want to take, and here's the thing, they want to take stuff off you. I had a phone call this week um, from my credit card, from my church credit card. I haven't told the treasurer this yet, but, you know, as I'm... Um, from my church credit card people saying, hello, sir. And this is the amazing thing. They said, um, have you done this transaction in Brazil? And I'm like, isn't that amazing? Because the truth is, I just booked a hotel in Brazil for when I go. But I hadn't done it on I, this. It wasn't this, it was, <laughs> this bill was 1,700 pounds. I mean, I like to travel in style, but, you know, <laughs> I didn't think you'd put up with that. So um, I, I said, that's not me. Isn't it amazing? Somebody had taken something from me that I didn't even know about. The bank stopped it, thank the Lord, but then they've cancelled my credit card. So if anybody wants to give me cash for my trip to Brazil, I'll take it. See why? Because the thief comes to steal and kill and to destroy. See, people want to take stuff off you. Listen, you know, I, some, I, I sometimes we think, oh, you know, you're a bit uh, alarmist, aren't you, David? I just want you to sit and think about the world that surrounds us today. I just want you to think about it. I want you to think about lives that are being robbed, even now, of hope. The thief is at work. He's robbing people of hope. He's robbing people of their future and their destiny. He's robbing people of the opportunity that they have to know him. You just have to look and you see death at work. It sounds a bit dramatic. The thief comes to kill. Oh, that's a bit dramatic. And then you just have to sit and look around and see the people who are dying without any hope and without any life in this world because the system of this world is destroying them. Friends, we know it, don't we? See, we can say, oh, Jesus, you're being dramatic, but actually Jesus has put his finger right on the problem. The problem is that the thief is always at work to steal and kill and to destroy. And in contrast, Jesus some, however, I've come to bring life. I don't want to bring life in all its fullness. I want to bring a contrary life. I want to bring a life that's different. I want to bring a life that moves us forward to take hold of it, of the purposes of God. 
See, that is the reality for many of us here without Jesus. I love it in Corinthians when Paul says, Do not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived, neither the immoral, nor idolaters, nor uh, adulterers, nor uh, men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers. I was going to say windlers, but that's not a word. Nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And then it says this, And that is what some of you were. Tell you what, wouldn't it be great if you went around here and tried to get a list of sin? Could take a while, couldn't it? That's what some of us were. We were way out of control. The thief was leading us into all kinds of stuff. And then it says this, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. What happened is the thief tried to destroy you. Jesus came to bring life in all its fullness. And that's where we are today. And I just want to talk about that life today. I just want us to focus on it. This is life. We come to Easter. This is life. Hey, it comes through death. We'll talk about that. But actually, Jesus has come to bring life to us. I want us to live in the life that Jesus has got for us, don't you? I want us to overflow with that hope that he's put within our lives. Firstly, it's abundant life. 2 Peter 1.3. I've got some great scriptures for you today. If you get nothing else, just get the scriptures. Thanks for that. It's a bit loud, wasn't it? That was. An abundant life. Listen, 2 Peter 1.3. His divine power has given us everything we need. Say everything. everything. Listen, that's the word of God. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Listen, there is nothing that you need that God has not provided for you in Christ Jesus and by his spirit and through his word into your life. Amen. There's nothing that you don't need. Friends, we need to get a different perspective. We spend our lives thinking about what we need, what we need, what we need. We need to start to reverse that and say, hey, you know what, Lord? I've got everything I need. See, it's a different mentality, isn't it? If you're always going about what I need, you see, you're always worried about what the thief is going to steal if you're always worried about what you need. But if you understand you have everything you need, then actually you're rejoicing. Lord's given me everything I need. I'm going to live in the overflow of that. I'm going to be blessed I'm, through the knowledge of him. See, it's not everything I need through my bank account. It's not everything I need through my activities and my education. As important as those things are, it's everything I need through my knowledge of him who called us by his glory and goodness. Abundant life is a description of having everything that you need. A life without him, friends, is not abundant. A life without knowing him is not abundant. And so we might look around at the world around us and we might see, well, people seem to have everything. And they so often do physically, but they don't have everything they need because they don't have him. And so we need to see with eyes of faith what people, the promises of God. Jesus is not just saying, hey, I'm going to give you a greater party in this world. He's saying, I'm going to give you everything you need for life. I'm going to give you a sense of well-being deep within you. I'm going to give you a sense of what I've come to do in your life and through you. Jesus said to the church in Revelation, You say, I am rich, I have required wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you were wretched, poor, blind, naked. That's amazing, isn't it? Because they were putting their trust for everything they needed in what they had, but not in him. Friends, isn't it amazing? Life in all its fullness starts and finishes with everything that he gives us. You know, and and as Christians, we need to remember that. You know, it's not about, well, I've got Jesus and. 
I've got Jesus and. Dom used to say Jesus and coffee, everything you need. But the truth is all you need is Jesus. I know that runs in the face of, you know, uh, the society in which we live. I, I know that it runs in the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the wisdom and the perceived wisdom of it. But Jesus says, actually, I can give you everything you need in me. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. And in your light we see light. What an amazing verse. I don't know about you, but I want to take refuge in the shadow of his wings. I want to drink from the river of his delight. I, I, I want to be someone who's, who's, who's saying, you know what, Lord, whatever you have, Lord, I'm going to take hold of it. I, I don't know about you, but it can't get wild enough for me. I want Jesus. I, I want the presence of God. I want that sense of, you know, everything that he has. And so, you know, um, <laughs> this verse, 2 Peter 1, 3, you know what, I, 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 it just is the life verse for me. Everywhere I go about it. <laughs> I can't tell you. I can't. It's Julia knows what I've got to tell you. I've got to have to change every code I have. This is my code and every word I have, every, my, all my passwords start with 2 Peter 1, 3. I'm going to have to change it after church. You know why? Because it just is a declaration to me. 2 Peter 1, 3. Everything I need is in him. I don't know about you, but some of you need to remind yourselves of that. You need to get home in the mirror and look at it. And you need to look at everything you've got that you think you need and say, actually, you know what? Abundant life doesn't come with this. It starts with knowing him. It starts with understanding his love. It starts with knowing his deep, deep satisfaction of life. I'm just thinking, who's trying to get on my website right now? Don't it's, it's abundant. It's full. It's everything. Some, I need a lot. You need to pray for me because it's 25 past 11. I got seven of these today. See, how do you describe abundant life? That was my problem. In my sat in my office this week going, how do you describe abundant life? See, you either know it's abundant or you don't. You've either entered into something that is everything or you're still looking on going, I don't get these Christians. See, Christianity is mental to people who don't get it. To people who haven't got abundance. To people who don't feel that they have everything they need. It's crazy. Why would they do that? You know, even in the old Roman society, they would, uh, they would paint graffiti of Christians worshipping Jesus. And they would mock at them. Because they didn't get it, friends. And it's still the same today. People don't get it. But I tell you, friends, to those who get it, to those who understand, abundant life starts to flow. And he started to hold on to it. He came life to the full because he wants you to be, uh, have everything you need. Secondly, listen, listen to this. He came to set you apart. He wants you to have a holy life. Everybody say, amen. A uh, holy life. Do you know what it's like? 2, P, uh, I want to, 2 Timothy 1 9. Um, this is a code of the other. No, it's not a code. Um, he has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of our own purpose and grace. Listen, isn't it amazing? God has called you to be holy. I want you to look at the person next to you and say, I don't believe it. No, no, don't say that. <laughs> God has called us to be holy. What does it mean? Does it mean that we're so uh, religious and so good that everybody else is really impressed by us? No, friends. It means we're set apart by God. It means that God has not only uh, 
given us everything. He set us apart to know him and to serve him and to enter into a relationship with him. All of a sudden, we've got the sense of, by his own purpose and grace, he set us apart. A holy life isn't about doing. A holy life is about being. Because if you don't feel that God has set you apart, you'll never be good enough. But when you know that God has set you apart, then it's easy, easier anyway, to say, you know what, I'm going to live for God. Because actually he set me apart in his life. A holy life is about standing, understanding that God has done something in us. 1 Peter 2, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Hey, isn't that amazing? Don't you love to be holy? You see, being holy means that we can sing these songs and enter into the presence of God. That something in the spirit changes. See, there's a difference. Because you're holy and set apart, you actually come and you begin, the Bible says, you stand before the throne of God with confidence. And as you begin to worship, something starts to change in the heavenly places. And it's like you might be among a group of people, but actually you're set apart. And all of a sudden your voice enters into heaven and God begins to hear the offering that you're bringing. Why? Because you're set apart. Isn't that amazing? Because they're saying, hey, this, this, this one's mine. You know, I've been at some services, weddings. You've been at a wedding where everybody sings a hymn and it goes something like this. You know, everybody's there. They all have to sing. Nobody wants to. You know, you've always been at a wedding like that. Or am I, am I thinking of mine? No, no, no. That wasn't her. Too far? But you know what I'm saying? It's like all of a sudden you're in that place where, where you're singing. And I find myself singing the hymn. And I'm singing it as a worshiper. Everybody else is singing it just because they're there at their wedding and they don't want to be, you know, and they're singing it like blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, you know, whatever it is. Crown him with many crowns. The lamb upon his throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns each music but its own. Awake my soul and sing. Why? Because I'm holy. I'm set apart. Everybody else in the building doesn't know him like I know him because he's reached down and reached me up to him. Come on, church. I'm alive. I'm alive. Honestly, I might get a little bit emotional today because I'm alive in him. We need to just kind of reach into our hearts sometimes and say, God, I'm set apart. It changes everything. See, if you're always trying to set yourself apart, it doesn't work, friends. If you're trying to be holy by what you do, how many of you know you're in real trouble? We could have a list, couldn't we? The holy people. It'd be a small room downstairs. But those who've been saved by grace and won through the love of Jesus and set apart for him, man, we'll be here rejoicing, won't we? Because actually he set us apart for him. I need to go on. Listen, there's a scripture. I can't run by it. We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. For by one sacrifice he made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Wow, what a verse. We could preach that one for a while, couldn't we? Let me give it again. I just don't want to rush on. We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus once for all. And I was like, you know, Lord, that's great. I actually wrote in my notes somewhere, well, we are holy, but we're not perfect. Listen, for by one sacrifice, he made perfect forever. 
those who are being made holy. Friends, it's an amazing thing. God's sacrifice has made us perfect in the presence of God. Hallelujah. So when your wife says you're not perfect, or your husband says you're not perfect, actually, Hebrews tells me, I've been made perfect through Jesus. I, I, honestly, I'm not trying to be light and flippant. I'm just trying to say, you know, somewhere along our mind, we've got, to set a, we've got to understand we've been set apart. We're holy. It's what Jesus has done. It's what abundant life is all about. Abundant life is about being holy. See, there's nothing abundant about a life that has to become holy through effort. That's work. That's religion. That's tradition. That's ritual. If I had to try and be good enough to come and sit here and worship God this morning, I would be somewhere else, friends. But Jesus has made me holy. He's made perfect those who he's being made holy. Made holy in him. Thirdly, we're satisfied. It's a satisfied life. Hallelujah. Then Jesus declared, John six thirty five, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Does he mean that we're never going to thirst or be hungry physically? Of course he doesn't. What he means is, I'm able to give you satisfaction in life that nothing else can give you. I'm able to satisfy your soul. I'm able to satisfy your spirit, your heart, your mind, your emotions. If you eat of me the bread of life, then I will give you satisfaction. That great philosopher, Mick Jagger, couldn't find it. Man alive, Mick Jagger tried it all, didn't he? Still is. Had to cancel his tour last week. He realized he's getting a bit old. He'll be back, no doubt, shouting, and he can't still get it. But friends, for us who were born again, we can be satisfied by Jesus. Friends, it can't be an empty promise that. It has to be a truth. See, see it, you know, that's what I love about it, Scripture. It can't just be empty. You can't just be satisfied on a good day. You have to be able to be satisfied with Jesus on a bad day. Because that's when it makes sense. That's when it works. That's when life starts to come from it. <laughs> because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as the richest of foods. And with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Because your love is better than life. Wow. I will sing praises to you. Wouldn't it be great if we come to church next week and everybody was so excited about the love of God, we all just started singing. Didn't need the band. I mean, it might need a bit of help halfway through, obviously, but wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if tomorrow when you get up and it's Monday and work's come in and school and whatever it is, in fact, there's just a song in your heart that says, you know what, I'm satisfied with life. Wouldn't it be great if when there's bad news this week, you're actually able to say, you know what, it's okay. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Friends, that's what abundant life's about. How's your life? Are you letting the thief steal stuff from you which God has given you to hold on to? Fourthly, it's an intimate life. I've got to go quick. John 17, verse 3. This is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Hey, abundant life is about relationships. This helped me when I was a young Christian and I was thinking about eternal life. And to be honest, I was a bit stressed about it because I'm thinking, how do you just live forever? It's going to get a bit boring, isn't it? So I can get bored in the morning at home on my own. Thought of being there for eternity was dealing my head in. Eternal life just can't go on and on and on and on and on and on. 
It was just a bit scary. And I found this verse and it changed everything. This is eternal life that you might know. God, the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. See, life is about knowing God. Life is about understanding him. Life is about enjoying him. Life is about experiencing him. And eternal life will be able to go on and on and on because actually we're discovering more of him. Because actually he is lifting us up. He is giving us and bringing us into a relationship with him. The Bible says, now we know darkly as through a mirror, then we shall know and be known face to face. Wow, what an amazing thing. See, sometimes I walk along the road and I just feel the Lord speak to me and I go, is that you, Lord? Is that you, Lord? And then I have this little battle with myself. Is it the Lord? Isn't it the Lord? Is it, is it, is it, you know? And I've got more used to it over the years. I've got a little bit more confident. I say, thank you, Lord, for speaking to me. Thank you, Lord, for, for talking to me. See, it used to be you look weird now, but everybody has iPods in there, ear, earphones in there. So everybody talks to themselves walking down the street anyway, doesn't it? It doesn't matter, does it? I just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for talking to me. Thank you for even just including me in your day. What an amazing thing. Why? Because God wants to bring us into intimate relationship. Now I know he talks through the word. I love it when the word speaks. You can hear me. I'm a word man. I love it. I love it when the Bible speaks. But you know what? I love it also when all of a sudden the spirit just whispers something into my soul about my life, about the people around me, about the situation I'm going to. I love that, don't you? I love it that I don't come to an idol. See, that's what the Bible says. We don't come to an idol that is mute and that just looks at us. We come and we bring our offering to the Lord and all of a sudden life starts to flow and he starts to speak to us. That's what God has called us to have. That's what abundant life. See, abundant life is hearing God say to you, this is the way. Walk in it. That's abundant. Because you're then responding with God. You're, you're hearing God and doing what he's called you. All of a sudden, you're, you're, like, you're like commissioned by a divine being who rules the world. Do this. What a different perspective that brings into our lives. An intimate life. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel, declares the Lord. I'll put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be God and their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least to the greatest. Isn't that amazing? What that says is God can speak to anybody. You know, I used to, when I was a kid, we'd have these preaching evangelists who would come and they'd all stand on the platform and look mysterious and go, I just feel the Lord has a word just for you. And you would go, oh. I hope it's a good word. I was always waiting for that meeting where they exposed my sin. Evidently, that was a different meeting the pastor had with me after the meeting. But there we go. There was always a moment, and it was like this mysterious thing. And it was amazing to me that all of a sudden, I didn't need the greatest, but actually the least, me. God would speak to me. And I could hear his voice. That's life in all its fullness. See, if we have to come to a stone, see, if you just have to rely on me to give you the word of God, how sad is that? I mean, I'll do it to the best of my ability, but actually God wants to speak to you so much more than he can through me. It's an intimate life. See, that's what makes life fun, isn't it? Having people in our intimate circle. We love it, don't we? I've got people who I'll go home tonight and somebody will ring me. I know it'll be one of three people and they'll ring me and say, how was today? And I'll say, today was great. I preached amazing. And they say, how was it really? I say, well, it was all right. 
because they know me. I'm intimate with them. It's a personal life. It's friendship. The Bible says there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. His name is Jesus. So that life is coming to us. God wants you to have an intimate life with him, to understand him. Okay, I'm moving on. A joyful life. <laughs> God wants life to be joyful. Oh, I tell you, friends, we need joy in this world because there is so much to rob joy in people's lives. This thief wants to steal away joy from people's lives. He'll take it if he can possibly do it. He'll rob you of the joy of the Lord. See, the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's what Nehemiah said. And when you can get joy in your life, you can stand strong. But if joy starts to go, I'm not talking about happiness. You can be happy in a moment. Joy is something that's deep within you. It says, I know who I believe, and I'm convinced that he is able to keep me. That's joy. Something that says, hey, I'm coming through this. I don't know what this is going to do, but I know that God has got me. That's joy. Because all of a sudden you start to have this deep burning passion. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. You see, it's in the presence of God that we find joy for life. It's in the presence of God that our joy is able to overcome the difficult. You see, and, and this is what the life of faith is about. You see, what happens in life is that someone robs away something from us and we lose our joy and then we want God to give us our joy back so that then we can come to his presence. It's the wrong way around. The Bible teaches us that in his presence is joy. So when you've been robbed and pulled out of the presence of God and your joy is gone, don't wait for the joy to come back get into the presence of God then it comes back see we're always giving people power over us to pull us away from what the Lord wants to do in our lives you understand that the thief comes to steal some people are thieves and they look like your friends because they're going to say things that are going to take you away from the purposes of God in your life I'm only saying this because I love you amazing the things people tell you because they love you i usually say well can we just all save me a little bit of pain and you keep it to yourself see the bible says precious are the winds of a friend not the winds of anybody who has an opinion about you so sometimes you need to say do i need to hear what you want to say you're not under obligation to hear it hello so sometimes you just need to say, oh, I, I, I'm not going to allow you to rob me of the hope I have in Christ. I'm not going to allow you to rob me of, of what God wants to do in my life. Joy. We've got to protect joy in our life. The joy of the Lord is our strength. How do we do that? We come into his presence and we worship with a glad heart. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Friends, I love a joyful song. Can I let you into a secret? I can't bear a miserable worship song. You know, now I know that some of them are really important and intimate and all of that, and I don't mind them. But you know what? I love to praise the Lord. I love to be joyful in worship, don't you? I love to just be able to say, isn't it great what God has done? That's why I still sing some of the old hymns. Because you know what? They just proclaim. You know, the tune could do modernizing. I'm not on a campaign or anything. But you know, I love it because some, I just want to, wouldn't it be great if we're joyful in the Lord? We used to sing such easy songs to sing, and they were joyful. Ha! <laughs> Make it joyful. Oh, no, I'm going to do it. I mean, they were a bit innocent and a bit naive and the tune was a bit rubbish. But you know what? It conveyed something about worshipping God. Sometimes the modern songs, I want to hang myself halfway through them. The worship band have heard me say all this before. Honestly, I talk to them all the time. 
And we're not, you know, we try not to be like that most of all. But, you know, I, I just want us to be, shout for joy to the Lord. You know, some of you, you need to go home and shout for joy. You need to lock yourself in your room. Have a little experiment. Jesus! Jesus! You know what? I love it. Come on, you see where? There's life in us. There's life in us. People are cheering. People are running around 10 kilometers today. Well, let's cheer Jesus. Let's, uh, let's open up. Shout for joy. I want to give joy to the Lord. It's all right if people know. Sometimes I want to say to people in church, tell your face you're happy. <laughs> Don't you ever get like that? Because, like, you know, it's hard. Now, listen, honestly, I'm not trying to provoke. I'm just trying to say, listen, life in all its fullness has to be joyful. I'm not saying it's free of problems. I'm not saying that we shouldn't take them seriously. I'm not saying you're not going to have to fight to stand. You are friends. Listen to the rest of my sermons if you feel I'm doing that. No, but friends, for goodness sake, let's find joy. Here's the inter- Sometimes you have to find joy in his presence. See, it's hard to overflow with joy if in his presence when you're there you're miserable. Sometimes you just have to change your perspective. Have you ever done that? Have you found yourself looking at something and you just change your perspective and everything changes? Sometimes you want everybody else to change, don't you? You want the Lord to change it for you. And then he just says something to you. And you just look differently. And all of a sudden, a different view comes. Because the Lord is able to do it. Joyful. Shout for joy to the Lord. Okay, two more and then we're done. In fact, man, can you come back? We're going to get there in just a minute. I'm going to land this quick. See if they've got the energy to stand for as long as I'm going to keep them there. A faith life. A faith life. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Hey, we are faith people. Hey, abundant life is about faith. It's about having expectation, one, that Jesus is coming again, but more than that, that Jesus is working in me and through me in the life that I'm in. That Jesus wants to do something throughout me and in the circumstances of my life. Believing that God has a greater purpose in our lives. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. I love that. Hebrews 11. Everything. They were commended for it. They commended for believing when everything still didn't change. You know, I, I find people, you know, listen, if we have to pray for another three years for revival to come, who's up for it? Come on. See, we've got to keep praying. See, faith is believing. Listen, if we enter into eternity and revival still hasn't come, hey, we're still going to be praying because we're not people of, hey, this isn't working out the way I figured I was going to be, so I'm going to leave. We're people who say, no, I'm trusting God for what he's promised. That's a faith, man. That's life to the full. You can't get better life than that. You're saying, hey, I'm bringing faith to this party every time I come. Everybody else is bringing unbelief. I'm bringing faith. Everybody else is bringing negativity. I'm bringing positivity. Everybody else is bringing fear. I'm bringing hope because I'm someone who's carrying life in me. I'm not going to allow that life to be squeezed out by the thief. When the thief comes to steal from me, I'm going to say, boo, go away. I, the life I have in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. Now, I know I'm just being a little bit, oh, I'm just trying to provoke something this morning. Because honestly, we've got to get hold of full life. Julia's dad was a full cream guy. You know, in the old bottles of milk, there was the full cream at the top. And I would go and stay for the weekend. And we'd be having breakfast. And the cream, the milk would come in. And Julia would just look at me and say, don't take the cream. 
I'll be like, what? You know me, a bit thick. Don't take the cream. Why? Dad likes the cream. He decided he was a full cream guy. You know what, Christians? We need to decide we're full life people. Jesus came to give us full life. Why would we live less than full life? Jesus came to pour out his blessing, his riches, his spirit, his anointing, his purpose into our lives. Why would we live less than that? Why would we just just go, well, help me survive today, Lord? No, I don't want to survive. I want to be someone who lives the life that you've given me to live. See, I know it's funny. I know I can be funny, guys, but I'm trying to make a point. He said, the thief comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. What are you allowing thieves to rob out of your life today when Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it in all its fullness? Last point. (laughs) We, We as Christians should be hopeful. We should be most hopeful people on earth. We started the year with overflowing by hope. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied above all people. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead for the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. See, our hope today is not in what we can accrue in this life. It's what God is going to release into us, through us, in this life and the next. That's the hope of the people of God. We should be the most hopeful people. Listen, Brexit smacks it. Who knows? I read a word, I was, in, I was doing Bible study this week with somebody and it said in Acts chapter uh, something, four, it said, you conspired with Pilate and Herod and the people to put the anointed one to death. And then it said these words, you did what God's will and purpose had determined beforehand should happen. See, friends, Our hope is not in what men can do. Our hope is in God. Our hope is in our Savior. Our hope is in the fact that Jesus ascended into heaven and the angel said, this man will come again in the way you've seen him go. He'll return. Our hope is in the fact that he turned to his disciples and said, I am coming again to take you to be with me. That's the hope we have. And so we might have to live through some kind of challenges and restrictions. Friends, don't let your hope only rise to the level of your circumstances. That's important for somebody in here today. Don't let your hope be based on your circumstances. Lift your hope to the level of the promises of God. Because we're a hopeful people. That's what life's all about. I wonder, could we stand? We're going to come and sing in just a moment. I know I've been all over the place today. It wasn't my most sophisticated sermon. But you know what? This is life. This is real life, church. Jesus come and said, the thief is stealing and killing and destroying. I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. Abundant life, a holy life set apart for him, satisfaction deep within you, an intimate life of knowing him, joy in the morning, faith every day, hope for his coming. You might be in here today and you're not a Christian not yet a believer in Jesus. I hope I've done something just to share with you the love of God. Our message is very simple, that God loves you. Jesus came because God loves you. Came to show you the love of God. God demonstrated his love for us in this. Why were we yet sinners? Christ died for us. The issue is that you have a problem. It's called sin. It's called your nature separated you from God it it makes you uh, oppose it makes you unbelieving 
Jesus came to make a way for that. And in just a few weeks, we're going to celebrate how he did that. He did that by dying on the cross and coming to life again so that you and I could have a relationship with him and know him. But it's our decision. It's our, it's our response. It's maybe even today, even if I've been speaking about this abundant life, you're saying, Dave, that's the life I want. It's the life I want. Well, Jesus has made a way for you. And so just before we close our service in a moment, I'm just going to look around this building right now. You're saying, Dave, that's me. I need eternal life. I want that life, that abundant life. I know I'm not a Christian, but I want to put my faith in him. And just even as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I want you to just slip your hand up and say, Dave, would you pray for me? I want to get right with Jesus today. Is there anybody in the house? Bless you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you for responding. Father, I just pray for those, Lord, who've just uh, reached out to you this morning. Lord, those who are hungry, Lord, for life in all its fullness. Lord, those who recognize, Lord, that they need you for life, Lord, that this thief comes to steal and kill and to destroy. But Lord, we dare to hope today that there is life in Jesus' name. So I pray for my brothers and sisters, Lord. I pray for those who've responded today. Lord, I pray you'd come in and live in them, that your spirit would come. And Lord, just take hold of them and change everything about their lives today, that it would be new life, new creation, new hope, new joy, Lord, that would come and fill their lives. In Jesus' name. Church, I just want to say to you today, (laughs) what does it mean for us who believe? This is the life the Lord wants us to enjoy. Hebrews 10 says this, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. That's the life Jesus wants for you. Friends, I know that sometimes the experience of our life and the life that Jesus promises doesn't always feel that it's matching up. But I believe God's calling you today to say, I'm going to live a life of faith, of joy, of intimacy with him, because I want to take hold of the fullness that God has for me. And so, Lord, I pray for your people today. Lord, even those who are standing here, Lord, and maybe just today feel, Lord, that it's less, Lord, than you've promised, Lord. Lord, I declare over their lives, you have come that they might have life and have it to the full. And so, Lord, I speak against what the thief would destroy, what he would steal away. Lord, hope, Lord. Lord, we would steal away peace, Lord. We would steal away desire, Lord. In Jesus' name, I speak against him. And I declare life in all its fullness, Lord, over my brothers and sisters here today. Lord, I declare healing in Jesus' name. Lord, over sickness, Lord. Lord, that the enemy would seek to destroy. Lord, I declare freedom, Lord, over oppressed today. Lord, this is the year of your favor, O God. This is life in all its fullness, Lord. And so we release the anointing of your spirit today. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. After the service, there'll be prayer team.